Heaven High, and welcome to Rum Doings episode 206. I'm your host, John Walker, and joining me in the studio this week is a very special guest, Mr. Nicholas Mailer. Hi, John. It's so lovely to be here. Can you tell me, what's the weather like in your part of the world? Well, you know, there's a lot of weather here. Not so much over here. It sounds like you've stolen the weather like a weather grinch. Now, you must be here to promote something, Nicholas. I am. I'm here to promote my new book, Penguins and How to Sail on Them. Good stuff. How are you? Can you tell me? Can you tell me? Yes. Good. I'm fine. How are you? I'm not actually fine. I've been feeling like I've been getting the incipient cold that everybody in the universe of my uh, child's school has got over the last three days, but my body won't let go and give in to it. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of skating round and round the round the rim of the cold without actually going down the full snotty drain. The The snot hole. Mm. And so you kind of just, oh, just get on with it. Either cure me completely or just <laughs> give in. Stop this ridiculous fight. Pneumonia or bust. Stop the war. Yeah. Stop mm. the war. Oh, by the way, our topic this week mm-hmm. is Donald Trump. Good. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, there's no point discussing him. He'll be a, he'll be a trivia question in a few mm-hmm. years' time. So who cares? Um so you had a, you had a nervous breakdown. Was it this week or late last week? I don't remember this. You have to tell me. Um, your child finally proved that he shouldn't have been born, or something. Oh, I, I I had a I just went back. I just got uh, yeah. I had a nervous breakdown. You're right. No, I went. I was down with him, and he was refusing to sleep yet again. And it got to the point where um, I had my hand on his back <coughs> in the cot, and he was sleeping. If I did that. But at one, I, if I took my hand away, he would instantly stand up. Of course, he wants human contact. So at one point, I lifted just one finger off his back, and he stood. Ah, oh, what's going on? Ah, ah, I'm dying. Everything's falling apart. Um, yeah, I started to get quite. I just got. I I was trying to get out the room. I got twice back into bed, and then he'd start it, and then <laughs> again. And um, uh, yeah, the third time, I just lost my mind. But he doesn't want to sleep alone. Um, he doesn't seem to care most, half the time. He clearly needs contact. Well, he's, he clearly doesn't want it half the time. Um, no. The other half he does, so I don't know. Who knows? He's just an idiot. So when you lost your mind, what did you do? Did you go on a long drive? Did you kill somebody? No, I, did you... <laughs> I went into the bedroom and burst into tears, and then Laura right. took over. Right. Well, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, night, the la- like, night before last, I was. This is and this is, this is after the, going insane. The night before yeah. last, I was in his room from ten thirty till six. Well, you know, yeah. that's what you get for assuming that he has a room. Jessica has. That's God's punishment for intercourse. Jessica has a new has a new bed. Yeah, and she that's my my uh, brother and sister in law's daughter, and she. She is over two, and she did spend three hours in her new bed the other night, and then went back to <laughs> mummy and daddy's bed. <laughs> and it's all—it's extremely healthy. There's a, so much yeah. rubbish spread about. Oh, the baby's in your bed. It's going to be a serial killer. It's not no. true. It's very healthy, very normal. Yeah. Well, it's, it's well. There's like no we... other mammal. It's not like lions yeah. go right, cubs. You're going over here behind this bush, and we're going to sleep out of our, out of your line of sight. Yes. Oh, okay. Little little shrew, little shrew mice <laughs> pups. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go behind that rock over there, and we'll go two miles away. And when a predator comes, just make a loud noise, and eventually we might decide to come and rescue you. Talking That's how evolution works. What the hell is that? That's Lucy kitten. 
climbing into an Amazon box full of Amazon paper. I see. Being is, a cat, is, being a cliche. Is her uh, tail still hideous? This, she's just a, a little stumpy, she is. Yeah. It looks normal now, but it, well, it doesn't look normal, it looks ridiculous, but there's, it's fully covered in fur again. Owen Jones, I mean, really. Oh, goodness me, what a, what a man. We should, we should uh, combine Owen Jones and Laurie Penny in some weird pseudo-leftist uh, human centipede and see what happens. <laughs> I was going to suggest Meat Grinder, but... Uh... <laughs> meat Grinder would be better. Yeah. yeah I'm um, talking particularly about, of course, that article that you tweeted. Tell the, tell the listener about it. So, Mr. Owen Jones, who the other day accidentally did something really good. Uh-huh. Um, he did an interview with uh, MP Jess Phillips, who yes. is the good MP at the moment. Until until they finally find a batch that actually <laughs> yes, allows her right. to be infected. <laughs> yes. Um, so she's uh, splendid. And um, she did an interview with Owen Jones. He's doing a series of uh, light-hearted, but candid, if that makes sense, interviews. Yeah. Just relaxed interviews with MPs. He's yeah. previously interviewed um, Jacob Rees-Mogg, my very own MP. Yes. Um, who's a colourful character, apparently. He did He did Liz Kendall and various other people as well, I believe. And, and he's that was done, before the election, yeah. He's, he's, yes, he's done all sorts of crazies. Um, but he did yeah. Jess Phillips. And um, it was a great interview, and she spoke very frankly, as she always does. And she said that she wouldn't be uh, knifing Jeremy Corbyn in the back. She'd knife him in the front. And she yeah. explained how she regularly goes into his office and yells at him. Yes. Uh, and, and, how, and, how, uh, and how, of course, the... Uh, Exorable Diane Abbott oh. came up to her and sort of winged her, and she just told her to f off. It was good to hear that story told properly because I've I've only ho- heard uh, incorrect versions where the the way it's been presented previously is that there was a meeting of the uh, of of the Labour Party and she was making some points about uh, feminism. Yeah, and um, Diane, Diane Abbott is supposed to have stood up and shouted, blah blah blah. What actually happened was that she was having a private conversation with Jeremy Corbyn after this meeting. Yes, and he was saying he was doing his usual. Oh, but I'm just as lovely I'm as you. I'm the best feminist. Um, and then apparently, Diane Abbott stormed off, interrupted this conversation, and started mouthing off and so, saying how she was being sanctimonious, etc. Yes, yeah. just, just turned around, told her to f off, which, which of course is what you should do. And apparently, she's been. I saw in another interview, she has been uh, had a number of people have come up to her and said, "Oh, thank goodness, someone's finally said that to Diane." She Diane Abbott is the worst. Oh, she's she awful. Is the worst. Yeah. I love how. I love how banally ordinary an MP Corbyn is that um, he's appointed a cabinet of his friends and ex-lovers yes. can you imagine any other MPs going oh yeah the only the only woman I put in any set position of actual seniority in my in my shadow cabinet will be the one I was banging a few years ago it, yes like, any other MP does that and it would be up for all but oh no well, can you imagine if a Tory did that I'm putting, yeah. putting my old tossy in, in that in, in the lady position <laughs> But of course, Who he's knew a feminist, that's what so Mr. Can. Major was doing with old Edwina. Uh, well, me. to be fair, was uh, did, w- which came first, yes, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> oh, you did I, a good joke. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah so he's done egg, that. Egg, I said egg. Egg, egg. So he's put cronies in his other, you know, in his hiring people who have been just weird Stalinist mates. Yes, and people who've just been suspended from the party into positions of seniority. Um, mm. It's such a, so, so fantastically, boringly, as not ordinarily corrupt as any other MP. And now he wants to make Ken Livingston a lord. <laughs> John, why don't you just go and join the Tories? Yeah. 
Has anybody um, actually told you that or similar to that? <coughs> someone told me, it, like, someone said it to me last night and I was like, oh no. And then he, I didn't realise that he was joking. And I, had I realised he was joking and I, I cringed when you did your usual John flounce. I didn't do a flounce. I was like, oh no, I was, my message was, oh, don't you be thick. Because I thought he was a, you know, he seems like a good guy. And I was like, oh no, don't you be thick. And then he wasn't yes. being thick, so. Good. Um, but good. I was dealing, at the same time, I was dealing with some proper thickos. So he yeah. kind of got, he kind of uh, got caught in the, in the wash there. Yeah. Um, people, <laughs> so I, was t- I tweeted Owen Jones's execrable article because, okay, so he did this interview with Phillips and it went very well and she came across brilliantly. And then, of course, the reaction from the Corbynistas was, uh, from Jezbalar was to, um, say, she's threatening to stab him to death. Why aren't the police getting involved? <laughs> Yes, and it wasn't like one kooky person. It was so yeah. many people. I I counted uh, about I think it was thirty something before I gave a counting different people who didn't know what a metaphor was. Right, who uh, were all saying she be reported as disgusting, blah blah blah, violence, etc. The one and- you retweeted, I looked through his timeline, and his timeline was just entirely. His replying to people who were taking the mick out of him, still not understanding that he doesn't know what a metaphor is. Uh, Just persisting in not understanding. Have you seen the latest uh, poll which suggests that your countrymen are going to vote to exit the European yeah, Union yeah, after all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these polls always swing around the 50% mark. So it's You're looking forward to it? Oh, no, I'm not. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked. Um, okay. So Owen Jones then writes an article. Obviously, he's now, what he's done, he's made a bit of a mistake because he interviewed very well. He allowed yes. Phillips to speak without uh, editorialising. Yes. Um, it, he allowed, he gave a platform for someone to say what a disastrous leader Corbyn is, how he needs to be got rid of as soon as possible, and yeah. how she'd very happily, you know, stand for leader if that's what it took. Which, of course, Owen Jones being uh, Corbyn Felcher in chief, that's well, a he, problem. He did a very good job of, and I was really impressed with him. I thought maybe he, like so many others, is, is having buyer's regret. Yes. It turns out, no. It turns out that his, he, his doing his job well. Uh, had to be undone. And so he wrote this article to say how the climate uh, in the press right now is so hostile towards Corbyn, it's not actually possible to write anything supportive about him. He wrote in The Guardian in a supporting way. Supporting Corbyn, The the lack of perspicacity in this human is absolutely phenomenal. To to just say, I I can't write this in a newspaper, in a newspaper while he writes it, is agonisingly stupid. Yes. Uh, And... and did you and, tell him? Uh, no, I didn't. So I just, but I just tweeted saying, "Oh my goodness, look how, how look, he's questioning." Because he, oh, I can't remember. I don't want to even want to open it up. But mm. five words in, he manages to say something deep. The so what was this? Our gloriously so-called unfree press or uh, something. Um, like it that. was. It wasn't even. It said later on in the article. He says so-called free press, as if yeah. as if there's secretly state-run newspapers and we don't know. Like secretly, the press isn't actually free, and he's yeah. got some insight into that and is able to publish that information in the so-called free press. In the in the, yeah, he nobody will be able to say that because the press isn't free. He says in the press that he says isn't free, and. Uh, uh, but no, I'm going to have to find it because it's just so wretched. Yes. Um, do 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 Phil music. Am I allowed not to be not to like the way he looks? Because he looks like a a, a, a small me little boy. He can't help being young. You be, and, and aren't the police no, looking awfully young I, these days? Yeah, but I don't want him to look like a small me little boy because. Uh, I don't need I don't need that face to be pontificating this sort of nonsense. 
Oh. So if he if he were old and grizzled and had a beard, I'd be fine. But no, that's unacceptable. <laughs> okay, I'll have him stopped for that reason alone. Yes. Okay, here we go. Five words in. Thanks to our gloriously unfree media. <laughs> gloriously. What? What? He's actually not. No, he's not even saying so-called free. He's saying it's just unfree. He's saying the media isn't free in this country. It is. So he's arguing it is state-run. That's what Owen Jones is saying. Or it's unfree. I mean, what is he? He means uh, well, behest to corporate interests to Cameron to toys. That's fine, but there's a difference between that and unfree. Yeah, I mean, it's strange. It's I mean, such a stupid, spitefully stupid. It's so violent. The reason it riles me up so much is you, when you look at countries which have state-controlled press, you can tell the difference. Yes, and, but how vile and insulting is it for him to try to compare our extraordinarily free press to that? Yeah, but plenty, John, that's a typical thing that they do. They say, OK, so in Saudi Arabia, women are treated like this. But look in this country, look at the lads mags. Hmm? But he goes on to make it, try to make a really scattered point about this in which he says, yeah, OK, our press might not be as bad as China's. But that's like saying you can't complain about people being hungry in this country because there are people starving in another one. No, it's not. He's conflating two completely different things. Our press is either free or it isn't. Hmm. Well, oh, what if anyway. he says? Well, I mean, well, what if he says what he means is that our press is nominally free, but in reality, it has so many uh, stresses and strictures that day to day it isn't as free as it should be. For example, the libel laws, the press ownership, and all that stuff conspires to make the press unfree, even though nominally it should be free. How would you argue with that? Well, I would argue about the libel part. I would say that the corporate ownership is interesting in that, how, dis- despite it, just how free it is. The fact that he's writing this in the Guardian that that human turds like Mark Steele write his drivel in the Independent. Yeah, the, 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 these things exist. The Independent's owned by a Russian oligarch, and it's still perfectly capable of publishing Mark Steele's drivel. Plus, even things like the Daily Mail. Um, what's interesting is that if they get peeved or annoyed with a particular Tory, mm-hmm. they all, all guns go blazing. If you they see what loathe I mean. Cameron and are relentlessly exactly. attacking him at the moment. So it, 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 one might say that the press is not, well, is not a neutral platform or something, I suppose. It's not neutral. It's press is hopefully biased, but that bias is chosen, it seems, not inflicted upon it by the state militia. If you see what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and even so, even if that... All, all this is far too sophisticated for the argument he's making, which is yeah. that you're not allowed to say anything nice about Jeremy Corbyn in the press because of, <laughs> because of the, the, re, the reason that there is that we're not allowed... No, it's because... And, and then... Oh, let's, I can't not quote this because it's just bloody incredible, this line. Um, a poll this week revealed that a quarter of the population thought Corbyn was turning out to be a good leader of the Labour Party. Yes, mm. 46% disagreed, and yes, polls have had a wobbly time of late. But as far as the media is concerned, it's approaching 100%. The quarter of the population who are positive about Corbyn have almost no representation in the media. Is this healthy in a democracy? Lucy, will you shut up? Ridiculous animal. Hmm. So he's got, a, he's got a poll that says a significant minority of people think that he's doing a good job, and then berating the fact that the press isn't reflecting these people. The, I would say that the phrase press is probably reflecting that quite well. If three, that yes. means what he's saying, well, what, what we're saying there is about three quarters of all articles about Jeremy Corbyn should be negative, which is about <laughs> right. <laughs> I would say so. And yeah. bearing in mind the, the dross he's writing and the dross that's published and otherwise in the Guardian and the Independent, that's, yes. that, that's being met. Even the mirror is sympathetic. 
Of course it is. And and I've also to Sorry, be Sorry, I'm fair, gonna have to stop I've... Lucy, she's dragging me round the bend. Get out, Kill her. Oh dear. Oh. It's as bad as when Dexter used to interrupt. Oh, I'll have to just... deal with her the same way I dealt with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it seems to me that uh, there are also fairly frequent, um, even if they're damning with faint praise articles in otherwise hostile press, it's not actually blanket uh, hostile coverage, because what happens, of course, as ever is just for commercial reasons, papers like to occasionally publish a contrarian opinion just to, you know, put the cats among the pigeons or whatever. So what he says, even for those papers that are generally hostile, uh, is not actually blanket true. So he's a sophisticated pontificator. Here's the, um, here's the other significant factor he doesn't take into account. Since Corbyn's come into power, he's done a terrible job. He has. He's been incompetent. And it's not politically I'm, I'm, I'm incompetent. This, and I'm not saying this from the perspective of oh, why he said he was going to be bad and therefore he's bad. He just named the positive Corbyn thing. Name the positive thing that he's done since he came into power. Exactly. Even in his own terms, he's done very badly in that he's allowed there to be hostages to fortune time and time and time again. And this is really. This is he's he's playing politics badly, and yes. that for a politician is is unforgivable. There are uh, and you can compare him with various other politicians. For example, I would suggest that um, I disagree with everything she says, but uh, I've I've always said that what's her name in the SNP is a very 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 good politician. Sturgeon. Yeah, I forgot which fish we were talking they all, about. Exactly, they all have to be named after fish. It's the, yes. it's the rule. Uh, but but the thing about Corbyn is, and I, again, I would also say, of course, Boris Johnson. He knows how to play politics very well. Very, yes, very much. Yeah. So. Whereas Corbyn, and of course Jess Phillips, in her own way. Yes. Oh, she's but very canny. Yes, I, do, I don't don't for a moment think that she's naive or an ingenue. She knows what she's doing. Oh, of course. Uh, in in every utterance, but. For example, when she did the, oh, my belief in feminism is this, I don't, it's not a load of books, this is just what I think. Yeah, yeah, actually, you have read the books and you know, you know damn well the sophisticated article uh, arguments, but you're not going to speak them here because you know that in this particular format, that would sound stodgy. It would be so bad politics, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, and I, that's what I want out of a politician. I assume that all politicians are obviously going to be compromised and mired and so on, so at least I want them to be good game players <laughs> yes, i don't want yes. to see them tripping over their own tennis shoes which is what is so annoying about corbyn um in that he even under his own terms he can't play his game properly he could have done so much of what he already has done but had done it in a competent way you know don't keep talking about uh, murderous left-wing dictators and even if it is a joke, don't do it. Just don't give people that photo opportunity or that oh soundbite. Just don't do it. So he did. It, he he doubled down and did it again. Did you did you hear about that? No. What's that? Um, well, you you know about the little red book yes, thing, don't you? Yes. Okay. Um, and and we know how well that went. So at the um. At the uh, Labour Party Christmas party, he quoted uh, Enver Hoxha, who was a, the Albanian communist dictator who killed tens of thousands of people and was a brutal uh, torturer. That's and he kind good. of quoted him and, and kind of everybody in the party kind of just coughed, uh, as you might imagine. Oh, and It must be so humiliating. Yeah. And you think, 
Why did you double down like that? And okay, I know that uh, Seamus Milne, is, is, who used to write for The Guardian, is a Stalinist who has basically literally apologised for Stalin and yeah, tried yes. to say he wasn't as you bad say, as all that. You, you say basically, you don't even need the, 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 that qualifier. He just, he just said that yes. Stalin was a good guy. Stalin was actually rather good, yes. And, and that's probably one of the more reasonable things he said. He's and now a he's a terrible person. He is. And he's now he the is. chief whip. Effectively, yes. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. He's like he's he's the big PR guy for for Corbyn. It's, it's there's no ambiguity. The, the the appointments that he's making, they deserve the scrutiny the press are giving them. And it's this uh, this idea that the the the, 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 the that that twenty four percent or whatever it is, who think he's doing a good job. That they well, well, they think he's doing a good job because they basically see in him the cipher that they want to see. Well, They're exactly. not actually looking at the detail. At, you have to be in denial. When he doesn't, when he, after everything with his entire party and the entire press and the entire population, begging him not to go to the Stop the War party, and he still goes and he sneaks in the back door like a little cat, like a little coward. Yeah, well, exactly. When he does do these things, he doesn't even own it, to use uh, that phrase. You know what I mean? He, yes. he, 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 he sucks the worst of all possible outcomes from every opportunity. Uh, that's why the press is negative about him. He's very bad at his job. He's corrupt as any other politician. He's appointing pro-Stalinists and people who supported the IRA and people yes. who support Hezbollah and Hamas into his government... He is, and when we say supported the IRA, we don't simply mean okay. He supported Irish nationalism, or he believed that the IRA should have to be a, a, an important part of making the solution. And no, no, he supported the IRA's bombing campaign in the United Kingdom. Explicitly, he explicitly said by ballot and by bomb. That's what he said. It, you, you can you can well, read his Cor- speech now. That's not Corbyn. That's Thingy. That's his deputy. But. McDonald. McDonald, yes. As, yeah. is, as was the Little Red Book. But, it, yes. uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that he appointed him, there's no grace, there's no skill, there's no... He's just... And I love that point that Jess Phillips made in, a, in that interview, in which she said, he's been doing this job for 33 years. You think at some point during that he would have been able to give some thought to his plans for the country? No. No, because he's had the luxury of never having had any responsibility. That's exactly. why. And, uh, and here's another thing which I would have otherwise forgiven him for. Um, if he'd done all of what we've said, but he'd been a great rhetorician, like I've just been there. Yes, indeed. Then I would forgive him because, okay, he's been incompetent. He's been advised by terrible people. But when he stands up in Parliament, those speeches are great. No, he's a mumbler and a dissembler. And a coffer, and he doesn't understand the cadence of a phrase, uh, and he also doesn't understand the audience. Uh, the uh, case in point, of course, has been the ridiculous <laughs> Prime Minister's <laughs> question time thing. Anybody who had any notion of what is rhetor- rhetorically effective would have nixed that silly little LBC phone in plan from day one. But he persisted, he persisted. And I, now I we're going to take a tweet now. from Judith in Derbyshire. I assume he stopped that now. I uh, well, he had, he didn't do the last PMQs. He got thingy. What's her face to do? And apparently, she did an amazing job. I've yet to watch it. Hmm. Yeah. And now, of course, there's the the deselection teams. Anybody who disagrees with the glorious leader gets de doesn't even get wrapped on the knuckles by the whip, but gets deselected. 
and kicked out completely. And of course, this from a man who almost never voted for his party and was yes. a rebel almost it, all the time. That the hypocrisy of that, the hypocrisy of momentum and its its causes is really frightening. And you know, before the listener tell us to go to go be Tories now, um, <laughs> must remember we've been looking for a credible um pro- sane left representation of the Labour Party for decades go now. back to the well yeah decades but go back to the beginning of our podcast what 100 yeah. years ago we've been begging and we, for the, that and so to have this this bloody hand grenade lobbed into that possibility is is even more hideous you know if he'd if he'd have been a, a, an unpleasant kind of uh right winger who had infiltrated the party and acted like this that would kind of be okay because then you say all right well uh, at least the pendulum can swing the other way. Now he's screwed this particular pendulum swing. Yep. And that's what makes it even worse. So those of those of us who actually want to see a credible leftist Labour Party are the ones who should be the most upset about Corbyn's performance, not the ones who are defending him. Because if you... And of course, there are people for whom uh, never, ever being in power again is a, is, is some sort of badge of honour. It's a noble victory. I'm not victory. one of those people. Yeah. Yes. I think it's important to remind people why Stop the War is so evil. I think people can forget. Um, well, they're not Stop the War. They're su- they support Putin and the jihadists. Well, exactly. I, That's uh, all they are. When Stop the War rose to fame, it was in its protests against the Iraq War, against Blair's Iraq invasion. And from that, they have gained retrospective credence because their war has been considered to be illegal in hindsight. Yeah. They organised those protests with the Muslim Brotherhood. Yes. I mean, that that sentence alone is everything you need to know why you should not have anything to do with them and why Corbyn should have been disgusted to go to the Christmas party, not sneaking in the back doors. And they have regularly endorsed the Muslim Brotherhood since. They are huge of fans course. of this particular terrorist organisation. Uh, of course. And, and it's not just that. Um, they actively uh, will work against anybody that doesn't fit their particular... Their, their whole ambition is to be anti-NATO... Mm-hmm. Anti the West, uh, uh, beyond all others, to the degree that when actual Syrians wanted to talk at the Stop the War meeting and say, actually, you've got it slightly wrong here, they stopped them from speaking. Actual Syrians, because they said, we know better than you, basically. That I remember. Uh, there's been some fantastically lazy lies from Stop the War in the press recently. So they've been uh, on on the radio quite and TV quite a lot defending their party or whatever, uh, their Christmas party. Oh, do you know what they've been doing? They've been removing all their anti-Semitic articles from their website in the last few days and people have been cashing them, yes. There's suddenly <laughs> been a purge because there's been tons of blood libel and anti-Semitic and racist stuff on, on the Stop the War website, which has been all disappearing. But if you go and look, um, there are actual blogs now that have been put oh, up to, to keep it for possible. Excellent. So the uh, um, I remember because a lot of people have been pointing out how they refuse to condemn uh, Putin's invasion of the Ukraine of Ukraine. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and so they, they've been saying some astonishing lies about that since they said, that's absolutely not true. We put out a statement saying, blah, blah, they, and they didn't, I remember at the time they didn't yeah. put out a statement. They have absolutely emphatically in favor of Putin's invasion. In fact, their only response was to say, this is, a, this is because NATO promised it would not encroach further to the East and it has. And so therefore Putin's, yes. but what they, and they, they, the actual statement they gave at the time about why they wouldn't condemn this invasion was they said, we only condemn the invasions of America and the UK and the West. We only invade, mm. condemn America and UK. We don't get involved in other things. They were really clear about that. And then the next week, 
they put out a statement condemning Israel's uh, defense against uh, yeah, Gaza. Yeah, well, of course. Well, of course. But I mean, you know, it's not it's not that surprising, is it really? No. But it's just, um, that that's just so lazy and stupid. But yes, they, they team up with terrorists. They um, uh, they support. Yeah, well, we've been over it. They're they, dreadful they, they, people. They support, and that's who Corbyn's a big fan of. He's just had to. Well, he was. He, from was, the he panel. was. What was he? Was he the chairman or the deputy mm-hmm. chairman or the president or something? And I think he, he is. He still? No, he resigned from that position in order to be Labour leader. Yeah, but, but then, but he then he still went to talk at their do. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. <sighs> There you uh, go. Uh, and yeah, and and again, uh, the more you look, and if you look again, stop the war uh, has had written for them unbelievable uh, articles that are just dripping with racism and so on. And of course, they've removed most of those now. Uh, most recently, the one that had to be removed was where, of course, they combined uh, they, they they compared ISIS to the uh, to 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 those fighting fascism in in, uh, in Spain. Yes, that's right. And then, of course, they had to remove that one. Yeah, and then, of course, of course, after immediately after Paris, their their the victims uh, said it was the their immediate response fault. was to blame the victims and saying it was their fault. The chickens had come home to roost. Blah blah blah. The usual, because of course, uh, in their racist world, anybody who's Muslim has no moral agency at all. They're just like wild animals, can't be helped. It's amazing. They managed to be racist in every possible direction. They are. and then and, and also paternalist and yep. weirdly um actually imperious because when the people from the actual country say no you're wrong we know because we come from there we've lived this they are they get told to shut up because these these western foreigners know better the ironies upon irony mm. is unbelievable right i've had enough of them let's let, let's get rid of them Okay, they're done. Are they're they gone. gone now? They've gone. Have you gotten rid of them? I just did. That's what that silence was. Oh, good, good. What are you doing for Crimble? Uh, we've been over this. I know, but you've, I think you've changed your mind. What are you doing for Christmas? We're for having... Jesus's Christmas that you celebrate. We're having uh, Adam Huffman over, and we'll be having a rib of beef, and he'll be having something vegetarian oh, without mushrooms. He's not still a vegetarian, is he? Sadly, he is. Dear he is. me. It is sad, isn't it? You're not having the family over. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> you could put up a lovely tree. You're having a family over, I assume. We're having family, yes. Because oh, we, right. unlike some people, believe in the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> what is the true meaning of Christmas? The true meaning of Christmas is something so fundamentally important to uh, the Christian faith that two out of the four Gospels don't even bother mentioning it. Now, what is the true meaning of Christmas? Just give me the truth. Um, I think the best answer is the, the birth of new hope. Yeah, and yes, but but uh, but that's fine. But yeah. also, but and that of course also tallies into is the darkest time of the year uh, where we we kind of need hope in all senses of the of the word as we sit there with our seasonally affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yes, that that's fine. We'll allow that. You have that inscribed. <laughs> it's just yeah. It seems like it should be a time of festivity and parties and fun and exchanging presents and commercial fun times. When are you going to um, go talking about New Hope? When are you going to see <laughs> the, the non George Lucas film? Yes, I don't know. I mean, apparently it's all. Booked Did you like out the segue? Isn't it? It was beautiful. It was very it was. good. Yeah. Um, the it's apparently it's all booked up, isn't it? I'm really not 
that fast. It's going it's get, it's going to get rave reviews because everyone remember the Phantom Menace got three reviews. Yes, five booked, out of five across the board. A few months ago, we booked to see it at the Science Museum, seventy millimeter IMAX. Oh yes. So uh, we're going to see that with with Judith. When? I wonder what what she'll think of it. I imagine she'll be bored out of her brain. Well, she 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 kind of half watched the others on DVD. I, I don't particularly like Star Wars. Never have. It's not that good. It's not that very good at all. Empire Strikes Back is quite a fun action movie. It doesn't have a mm. beginning or an ending because it's the middle of a trilogy, but it's a fun action movie. Either side, yeah. pretty duffy movies. Yeah, yeah. And then the other yeah. three are obviously just a pile of old cack. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to make a particular effort no. to... No. I mean, to, to go to the cinema now is such a phenomenal palaver. And expense. Well, I don't... It's not that expensive, is it? It's, it's, too, it's too much yeah. for what it is. But if you don't go every week, you could perfectly you can save up and afford to spend a tenner on the cinema every couple of months, I think. £20. Well, I don't live in your ridiculous city, do I? Although, no, I went to see a movie for £4 the other day. It's very easy to get cheaper tickets. You can do... Oh, here's a good trick. In the middle of London. Uh, it was actually... Do you know what, Phil? I went to... With, funnily enough, we talked about it. It was with Adam. Brazil. Exactly. And you know what? It was the same print... <laughs> that we saw at the uh, BFI, you know, the one that's yes. basically held together with spit. <laughs> the one where Victoria folded her arms and rolled her eyes at it for two hours. No, 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 that were um, primary. Well, better than Neil Levine's wife walked out and said that's it's a true. boys' film. <laughs> it's kind of she's she's like, don't call anything boys because she's like mega feminist now. I mean, she would probably wouldn't allow herself to say that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's a boys' film. But you forget, uh, or maybe you don't, it's a bit like one of those, they're also showing Die Hard at the Prince Charles. Oh, cinema. I'd like to see that. Which, of course, as everybody says, sometimes people forget, is a Christmas is film. It's the best Christmas film. That and, and Brazil, the Muppets Christmas Carol, the best Christmas film. And you forget film. that Brazil, of course, is also a Christmas film. You do forget that. And also, here's another one people forget. Uh-huh. Lethal Weapon. Ah. Yeah, they're showing... Oh, I think they're showing. I think they're showing that as well there. And so if you if you go to the the, the Prince Charles Cinema, is, is getting lots of double bills and so on. And we also we 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 saw. Uh, I don't know if I did. I mention this last week. I'm senile. And we uh, did. I mention that we saw uh, Gremlins. No, you didn't. Gosh, well done. We went to see at that cinema again on 17 millimeter print. We went to see the Gremlins, and the 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 Zach, what's his name, the little who plays the little boy in the film, was in the audience. Oh, lovely. And he stood at the front and he gave a little talk and was, you know, some anecdotes and that's fine. And then he said, Oh, by the way, he has, I assume everybody here has seen the film, obviously, because adults in the audience. So, on. uh, uh do put up your hand if, if you haven't. One person in the audience put up her hand. Was it Jesus? Victoria. Oh, Victoria. Oh, no. <laughs> She'd never seen it. <gasps> Did everyone so turn her- and point at her and boo? Well, well, to be fair, the, the the guy who played the kid said, oh, don't worry about this. Um, I was at the uh, 50th anniversary of Sound of Music and I'd never <laughs> seen the Sound of Music, so I was in a very similar position. Good for him. So, and there's nothing so, yeah, wrong. But, She's there to see it. If she was sat outside well, exactly, the protest but, sign, that would be problematic. No, but she was, but she was having a, a unique experience. She got to see Gremlins for the first time on the big screen, which was fun. Oh, I'd like, I've never it. seen it on the big screen. I'd like to see Gremlins 2 on the big screen because of the meta layers. Yeah, no, there was. Gremlins 2 was on as well, but we didn't get a ticket. Oh, because then you get and to watch Hulk Hogan watching it. Be careful, careful, careful. Don't, don't spoil it for her. Don't spoil it for her because <laughs> I'm still going to see it. Good. I haven't said it. It is a lovely... It's, it, I think it's the best meta film ever. It's very good. Oh, sorry about that. I don't... I kicked the thunderboard of my desk. 
I don't give you any absolution. I know. That's your way, isn't it? It's, it is our way. So, yeah. yes, going getting... No, so I, I, I probably want to see Star Wars at the cinema because it certainly won't be worth watching it on a, on a, on a small screen. No. But uh, it's just, it, it involves giving up any rare free time for, to... Well, it does mean that... I mean, it will be playing for the next 82 years, so, you know... This you is just... true. I could probably catch it during the day over the Christmas holidays. Yeah, that's what um, you should do. Take, you can take Toby. I couldn't do that. Because you he could. would lose his mind. They sometimes have mother and child. They have a thing at the at our local cinema called The Big Scream, where you can take children to see movies. Sounds hideous. Um, so they show adult films with for, you can take babies and they can scream their way through them. Awful. But Toby's now at the wrong... Toby needs to move around, and so it would be awful. Mm. Took his first few steps last week, Nick. How old is he? Uh, Thirteen and a half months. Oh, Judith took her first steps at about, what was it, 17 months <laughs> Uh, I apparently, both Laura and I are apparently walking before one, so... So your baby is, is clearly worse genetically than both of you put together. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But he's doing, and so we, he, he likes doing that. He likes staggering back and forth between mummy and daddy. Finds it the funniest thing in the universe. Well, it is. But then when he sits down, of his own choice, he then instantly has a tantrum. Oh, okay. He's really discovered tantrums. Um, that's nice. Is he is he injuring himself yeah, by banging his... The head or feet on the floor like Judith used to do. No, <laughs> not yet. Thank goodness. He's uh, he uh, self harming comes next. That was a good noise I just made. <laughs> um, mm. He is uh, not allowed the remote controls. Funnily enough, and yes, of course, we've got like four hundred decoy remote controls all around the house, and none of them work. But he knows. He knows. Um, and that we had a massive tantrum the night before last because he wasn't allowed the uh, the fire stick remote. Uh, he's just he's just got to this point where he fixates on an object in a room and has to touch it or have it um uh, and it's a, a distraction obviously is the answer but uh, if he's really focused on that particular thing mm-hmm. all hell can break loose mm. just the worst aren't they they are I, I don't know why you were so keen to have one I, I, you know i adore him he's brill I love, hanging out with, I love hanging out with him. It's really fun. I mean, hanging out with him. He's not some cool dude. He bro. He's a barely like, sentient stink bomb. We stand outside the spa smoking cigarettes that we've bummed off a grown-up. <laughs> yes. Oh, dearie me. No, but I, um, he's uh, like going to a soft play centre or something with him. It's such fun because he's like, Woo, daddy, let's play. Have you um, decided whether you're going to be playing computer games in the new year or not? What a strange question. Well, have you or haven't you? Well, I I hope so. Unless I'm going to fire myself by surprise. No, but it sounds to me like you've become a little disillusioned by the game scene. (laughs) Based on what? And and how so more than ever? I've been reading some of your output and you seem to be a bit grumpy about games. Yes. What a strange thing to say. I'm grumpy about bad games. Mm, but As a they rule, seem to, always have been. There seem to be a large number of them, <laughs> don't there? No. Well, yes, there always have been. I mean, I made. It's like, I always find it funny when people say, oh, gosh, John, you just seem so negative and grumpy about games these days <laughs> because they read two negative reviews in a row and ignored the three positive ones before that. But mm. I made my career. The, the reason I got anywhere in the industry is because I became uh, renowned for writing grumpy reviews of terrible games in PC Gamer. That was my job. Yeah. They only gave me bad games to review because that's where my skills lay. It's so, it's so funny when people say, oh, John, you really seem to be turning the X and Y. Yeah, no. I'm actually, if anything, more positive these days than I've ever been, which is revolting and must be stamped out. Really? 
I wrote a, a, a jokey piece on the site for the, the our subscriber thing recently mm-hmm. about. Um, well, that must. I need to write a piece to your subscribers, don't I? No, I did write for your supporters once, once long ago. I did. Was it still the the, the the best read review? I think on your whole site. Yes, I imagine so. So yeah. I, I, the best read newsletter that got sent out to two hundred people on our whole site. Mm. Um, uh, I wrote an article about Fallout 4's dog uh, early on in the release of the game and the dog is particularly badly programmed it was really annoying me and so I wrote a jokey piece for our supporter program in which I was saying how I hate it I hate this stupid dog and I wish it would die and I tried to kill it and and so on mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the piece I say that everyone all, all dogs are evil and stupid and anyone who likes them is wrong and they're all about five seconds away from biting a child's face off You've always had a phobia of dogs. No, yes. I don't. I don't, personally don't like or trust dogs. But I know you're, uh, which makes you inherently a wrong person. I understand. You're, you're a suspect sort. <laughs> you are. Uh, yes, but cats. Anybody very... who can't get on with dogs is something wrong with them. Well, I got on with Bocky. You still didn't like him. You said he smelled. I didn't say smell. I said he was too yappy. <laughs> um. Dogs are loud and stupid and tiresome. And uh, anyway, so I, but I, I exaggerate this to the point of, of obvious farce yeah. um, in order to write a silly piece that was written and in, intended for a minority of our readers. And then uh, a couple of weeks afterward, it was released into the, onto the main site for everyone to read. Mm. Hilariously, instantly called clickbait, which is a great way to describe a piece written in private for a subscri- subscriber program. Um, and with everything controversial underneath the jump of the article but anyway um i got this email and i want to share it with our listener oh go on then because it's the greatest email i've ever received the greatest email <laughs> okay that's the best jingle dear john it is. i recently read your article on rps about fallout 4's first companion dog meat i have many questions in my response in response mm-hmm. but my first and most urgent is to ask as follows what is your damage what is your damage? I can understand why a person wouldn't like to have a dog or be around dogs. Perhaps... Oh, Nicholas Mailer. Oh, carry on. I'll, yeah. start, to, I'll start the whole podcast again. <laughs> Go on, then. Uh, heaven high. We're going to do it. Right. Back to, the, back to the person who rightly claims that you're broken. With Let's rage about Jeremy Corbyn for 20 minutes again. Uh, I can understand why a person wouldn't like to have a dog or be around dogs. Perhaps a traumatising experience with a dog has skewed your view on the species as a whole, or you were forced to live with a dog that didn't meet your idealistic demands for a pet at some point in your life. But I don't see how one could be so blatantly disgusted by every living dog as to have this predisposition to them. Right. Okay, so that sentence began, I can understand why a person wouldn't like to have a dog or be around them, and ended, I can't understand how someone wouldn't want to be around them. Um, I can truly understand a person not liking dogs. Whoop, put it back. But you won't even let people who enjoy their own dogs on their own time have that. No, you won't. Fine, I will not. And I'm fine. Someone has noticed my authority at last. You went out of your way to attack dogs and dog owners personally. And for what? What was the point of invalidating the love that owners have for their dogs and vice versa? Dogs have no love for you, you moron. What is the reason for the bitterness towards the entire species as a whole and towards those who appreciate them. To say you enjoy and prefer cats is one thing, but this extreme opposition to dogs was entirely unnecessary, especially if your point was to prove that cats are somehow better companions. It isn't a dichotomy of animals in which one has to compete to prove the superiority of one over another. You don't have to bring one down to raise the other. Halfway, Nick. 
tall poppy syndrome. Dogmeat as a video game companion has his flaws, yes, and I can say that he has some objectively, frustra- objectively frustrating patterns of behaviour, but this article clearly wasn't about his functionality as a partner in the game. This was clearly a slanted and biased... <laughs> biased article that was smothered in anger and frustration the purpose of this article becomes mute not moot but mute behind all of the steam you let off and an entire species of animals i won't even mention oh no it does carry on it does carry on after i won't even mention i won't even mention how i disagree with your criticisms on dogs because i know that won't matter to you You're so racist. You're speciesist. You chose to remain in this frustrated and ignorant state, and this rant about dog meat was just an avenue for you to release that release that tension. And for the love of God, so far I agree with him completely. I knew you would. And for the love of God, why did you try to kill the dog? Why would you consciously choose to write that you made the decision to try to kill the dog? Do you not realise that these actions won't bode well with any sane person, even if it is only a video game character? Doesn't mind about murdering humans in games, though. I hope you get your wish and never see a dog in your life. Oh, me too. Because I wouldn't trust you around a dog. I fear for the dog's safety. That's not healthy behaviour and it's a huge red flag in my eyes. I've been reading numerous articles on RPS for quite a while and this one has been incredibly disappointing. I hope for your sake and the sake of the website's reputation that you can find some peace and write more material that lives up to the RPS standard. You're probably a, a serial killer. You know those people who torture animals like you do? Yes. Pull wings or flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being serial killers. It's probably what he's probably got a point. So if I, I agree with every syllable he uttered. Quite right. Quite right. I said. I think you need severe help. I said to him, I replied, hello, a dog ate my mum. I have sworn to avenge her death by preventing other people from loving their dogs by writing an article about a video game. Love, John. <laughs> Has he responded? He just replied touche, which is... Uh. So he so he agrees to it. He agrees that he was being silly in one word. <laughs> I that's guess. The, that's the most... That's the only time ASCII's ever defeated anybody. <laughs> you should you should pickle it and send it to a museum. <laughs> that was... I wish I got more emails like that. That was amazing. That brought me so much hmm. pleasure. It's very... Very good. I don't. Good. I genuinely don't like dogs, and I'm especially wary of them now. Now with Toby, because so many of them are nasty, yeah, and you're wrong. violent, yeah. brutish creatures, and you can't tell which is which by looking at them. So, therefore, it's healthy and sensible to be wary of them. No, they're good animals. <laughs> are they? Are they good? Anybody animals? who doesn't cope with a dog is you had deficient. a sheepdog, and a sheepdog I would trust, but that's it. That's the limit of my of my expectations of dogs. Sheepdogs are trust. Trained sheepdogs are trustworthy. Trained, yeah. Yes. And what about little yappy dogs? Well, they just, they're for stamping on, aren't they? <laughs> He's going to get cross with you again, John. That's there for testing out perfume on. <laughs> perfume <laughs> no, those are little fluffy uh, bunny rabbits. And little yappy dogs is all the same thing to me. Bunny rabbits are far too cute and they don't need to wear makeup. They're already cute enough. <laughs> Whereas uh, Shih Tzu needs, uh, <laughs> yes, <exactly. needs> makeup. <laughs> That's my opinion on medical testing on animals. <laughs> <laughs> an animal that could do with makeup should be the one <laughs> yes okay that sounds about oh you know we got another email um did we? oh we did i have yes i read it and i was on my phone now so i couldn't reply in line because google's inbox doesn't allow such old-fashioned ways well you you're, you're terrible I you know. never reply to any so this, i do this, actually uh, reply to them so i mean i'll tell you he's he, he started watching carnival it looks like fun Woo-hoo. it's as good as john says it is isn't it He's been watching Fringe. It is b- bad. Use another word. He says it's bad, but fun. Have I you watched, watched Fringe? I watched the pilot and it was just bad. But people tell me it becomes fun. 
I never bothered. And what's Castle? Castle is uh, Nathan Fillion's uh, silly crime procedural show, and it's lovely. It jumps the shark so spectacularly in season six that it, uh, that what was it? so it's one of these daft civilian teams up with cop to solve crime shows. Yeah. So Richard Castle is a successful crime author, and he starts following around this lady detective because he's writing books based on her, um, and they solve crimes together. And you know, and it's sort of, well, will they, won't yeah. they, between the two of them, yeah. and so on and so and on. They, and then eventually they do, obviously. Obviously, yeah. and there's a fun ensemble cast, and um, it's just a really fun, silly show. The, the greatest episode is, I think it's ni- I remember that's 19 episodes in, but I can't <coughs> tell you which. It's an episode in series two, season two, where um, it begins with uh, Nathan Fillion coming out in his outfit from Firefly, his Captain Mal mm. costume uh, for Halloween. And they even play a sting of music from Firefly. And his daughter mm. looks at him and says, didn't you wear that like eight years ago? And he says, I mm. like it. And then so she goes, they don't even have cows in space. Um, and so, yeah. It, oh, no. I've just realized this gentleman who emailed us has a Hotmail address. Oh, no. Mm. I found the email now. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a perfectly entertaining and very silly show. It gets to the point in... Um, I think it's series six, season six, where it jumps the shark so spectacularly that it confirms time travel, Um, which is what I want from TV shows about serious crimes and murders. Uh, He says, I was your listener from around the time Rob Florence got fired from Eurogamer. I don't know what the hell that is. That was um, back when um, he wrote the thing about Lauren Wainwright. Do you remember after the GMAs? And he wrote oh. the thing condemning her and they, intent media, oh. her employees threatened to sue Eurogamer and then lied oh. about threatening oh, to well, sue them. And don't care. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and there, but then he asked, the reason he asked at the end is, please, can you explain why swearing is bad on your podcast? I've not quite grasped why. Poo willy bum vagina. Those are the worst words of all. I know. Uh, I, I said, uh, A, it's uh, because it allows us to be in iTunes as non-expletive. But more importantly, uh, I think that I would, I'm opposed to peppering swears around for the same reason I'm opposed to peppering any other trope or lazy cliche. I think that it usually is used as a time filler and I don't think it's any better than going um uh and like all the time it's, I, I treat them at the same way so it's a it, for two reasons we don't do too many swears on this podcast whereas I, um, I disagree and I enjoy a good swear but uh, I abide but I won't allow rules. you yeah those are my rules it's, it's not 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 puritan it's precisely because I I respect the power and grandeur of a good swear that I won't just debase <laughs> holy swearing by throwing it about as if it's some little whore that you can just pull out every time you wish to i know when i listen to other podcasts or indeed record other podcasts and people are sweary i always find it a bit jarring in that when it's used just as punctuation that's always and not not in real life in real life i oh well your phone is the worst in real life i punctuate with swears all the time but um for Me some too. shocking for a christian know, actually. it's just the worst it's almost as if that's not what is important it is. Um, it's about whom one offends, not what one says. Mm, okay. Um, anyway, so I, I like... I believe g- in offence. I, <laughs> I like a good swear. Uh, but yes, I agree. On the podcast, when it just becomes punctuating, when you're just effing, oh, effing this, effing that, blah, 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 just a bit lazy. You can, you're not putting enough thought into your sentence. 
I remember True. I haven't mentioned Loveline for many an episode. Back on Loveline when Adam Crowley used to talk about how when a caller would phone up and, and they would swear without meaning to, they wouldn't just phone up and shout a swear down the phone, but they would just be mm-hmm. conversationally chatting and accidentally drop an F bomb. Um and they would broadcast on delay and it would get dumped. Um and they'd have to build the delay back up again and then he would counsel them in how not to swear. Um uh, but he would say that it was a sign of it's a sign of intelligence to be able to choose not to swear. Well, that's my point. Yes, it's uh, I treat it as a kind of um, in the same way that any other restriction gives you artistic capability and possibility. You know, uh, it's a, I, I think if you just allow yourself carte blanche, it becomes too easy. Whereas you have to challenge yourself to emit the same amount of passion uh, and exuberance and anger without using a swear, I think is a more interesting challenge in the same way that, you know, sometimes using E prime in a document where you don't use the word is, be, am, are, or being. Right. Is an interesting challenge. So that's kind of the way I treat it. I always feel that if I resort to swearing, it means that my imagination has somehow failed and I'm just using a pre-packaged ready meal of, <laughs> of, 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 of a term. And that's what pisses me off. Just like any other trope or cliche. That's why I also get very angry when I use other sorts of, if you know what I mean, sort of cliches, if you know yes, what I mean. Yes, That kind of thing. I find those just as annoying. But it so happens that um, it would be, I like to think that people can be listening to this podcast in the car and not have to flinch because their child will yes. hear something that oh, they repeat absolutely. on the playground. <laughs> and why not? Why not give people their safe space, John? What do you have against safe space? So you, what you're saying is you're very happy for after us to have a podcast in which we loudly suggest that innocent people are paedophiles. Um, we joke about... Do you remember early on the jerk chicken joke? I'll never forget. That was one of my favourite moments. Uh, yes. we, we're allowed to say the, the most disgusting and offensive things. Just as yes. long as we don't say a swear, it's okay. Yes, okay, exactly. That's true. the way the world works. Yes, yes precisely. Yeah. You didn't know that? No, I, I didn't realise that's what made it wholesome family listening. It does. <laughs> there you go. People, if people want to hear some swears on our podcast, they should listen to Ben Goldacre's episode. Oh, he was very Ooh, sweary. What a potty mouth. Actually, I haven't listened. To, I, I recommended someone else listen to it because they're interested in some of the stuff he's doing and was talking about. I haven't listened to it. No, I've, Shall I? No, I don't know. My dad listened to it recently and absolutely fell in love with Ben Goldacre and has bought all his books and... And, and t-shirts and okay. so on ever since. I'll tell you what, John, over Christmas... Yes? Uh, you and I, let's listen to the Ben Goldacre episode and see whether it works, because it's been so long, yes. we're different people now, literally, in the, all our cells, well, most of our cells <laughs> are different. Uh, so, shall, shall we do that? Shall we do that, lovey? <laughs> okay. I love it when you Good. call me lovey. Good. I don't want well, to stop by lovey, I mean now. a dirty. Oh, meant- when I say lovey, I mean a dirty old rag that I've been carrying around for too long. Hmm. Have I ever told mm. the story on the podcast about how my mum got rid of one of my one of those? Probably, but go on. People don't care that you repeat yourself. It's ideal. Mm. Repetition is comforting. Okay, well, this, let, let this anecdote be the final of this episode. So go. I had a, I had a, a, some godparents who were just the worst at presents. I was my sec, second worst at presents. My worst godparent was a vicar. Um, <laughs> and every year for Christmas, I would get some... And he was literally a godparent. He was actually god and a parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. he, every year for Christmas, I'd get something he found around the, the parish office. Oh, gosh. I got, like, a branded his church pen for Christmas one year. <laughs> and, oh, and no God. other interaction at all from then until now. Never spoken to me, never interacted me with in any way other than to give me office stationery. A church pen. 
what a brilliant, what a brilliant godparent. Saying that, I'm just as terrible a godparent as to uh, my my godchild. To Judith, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the word terrible to Jesus. I've been abysmal at spreading the Christian faith to her. Um, yeah. But Miriam, who's now an adult, I wasn't a great godparent to her, I admit. Um, terrible. Anyway. Um, You're wuffy. Yeah, so I ha- they, my second worst present giving godparents, who are actually lovely people, uh, gave me a flannel <laughs> wrapped, with a bouncy ball wrapped inside it for Christmas one year. Oh my goodness. Here's the thing about that present. Seems really bad. Actually, really good. Because uh, a bouncy ball is way better than some complex toy. I'm yes. sure we must have told the anecdote about how you, Martin, and I raced around. No, we didn't. The, Cambridge, the halls of Cambridge University throwing bouncy balls up and down the stairs. <laughs> yes, during a conference. It's yeah, a story yes. for another time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fun. So, anyway, so I had a bouncy ball and a flannel. And the flannel had what I now know were um sort of uh, geometric shapes that suggested football players never clocked never clocked that they were football players as a kid just shapes and Mm -hmm. um i i saw it i thought it's a new blankie um and so i would suck my thumb and hold this flannel at the same time Mm -hmm. and i fell deeply in love with it and kept it for many many years until it was Mm -hmm. a fetid rag of course. Um, one year, I was. We used to go on holiday to the exclusively go on holiday to the New Forest when I was a kid, because we didn't Ugh. have any money, and the only so they couldn't afford to go on holiday. So we would go to my grandma's cottage that she owned in the New Forest. So she had a second home in the New Forest, yeah. and we'd go there for a week. And my dad would do the gardening, and um, yeah, yeah, that was our every every holiday. It was great. I loved it with kids. Kids, it was brilliant. Of course. Um, and um, one time I got there and I unpacked my suitcase and I went in to get my my flannel. And it was, mm-hmm. it was gone. It wasn't there. Oh. I'd left it at home and we were there oh, for no. a week. I had oh. to sleep without my blankie for a week, Nick. Oh. I, I, it was not easy, but I made it. I made it to the end of the week and then we went home. I was so excited. I got my blankie back and we got home and I couldn't find it at home either. I searched my room. I searched everywhere. It was gone. Oh. Years later... Just remembering this to my mum, she said, "Oh yeah, I unpacked your suitcase and threw it away." <laughs> She's evil. <laughs> She's actually evil. Your mother's actually evil. <laughs> She's so sick and tired of it. <laughs> she just thought, oh, "I'll get rid of it now." <laughs> oh, how evil! <laughs> oh man, that, no wonder you have panic attacks. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yes, you've got the root of it. <clears throat> You've uncovered the cause of my anxiety disorder. We've we've reached the crux. <laughs> you can never trust anything or anyone ever again, including yourself or your parents. That's true. Oh my goodness! Wow, I can't wait. The to symbol do that of to stability and love was taken away from you arbitrarily. We can't get Toby to attach to anything. We've no. been trying to put toys around him so he has like a, a toy that's always there for familiarity. He just picks up toys and throws them out of his pram. Good. He's much more interested in just pointing at everything and announcing "da." Uh-huh. Uh yeah, on, so there you go. That bombshell. That, that, that <laughs> there wasn't actually a bombshell. It was more all. of a sort of uh, counselling therapy revelation. Yeah, on that therapy revelation, <laughs> we'll we'll say we'll say goodbye, and hopefully now you've made your breakthrough, yes. you won't be so mad anymore. <laughs> I'm all better. You're all better. Yeah, all better now. Lovely. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>